Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Hello, hello, hello. So welcome to today's session. And I'm greeted, um, I'm joined here with Kerry Redman. Hello, Kerry. Hi. So Kerry's also part of my B team. And um, really importantly today, she is an Asian Hornet expert, which is what we're all interested in. So for those of you joining, we're live on Facebook, we're live on YouTube. Um, so just say hello in the comments. If you write comments, we can actually see them, we can read them so we can answer questions. I have got some questions from Imi that we'll share a bit later on. Um, and basically, Kerry, over to you. So tell us, why are you interested in Asian hornets? What do you know about them? And what do we need to know about them? So hi, everyone. Um, as Paula said, I'm Kerry, I'm a beekeeper. I've been working with Paula for three and a half years, I think it is now. Um, I became a beekeeper 12 years ago. And in my association, um, unfortunately, I wore a pair of yellow socks to a meeting, which meant I had to be the Asian Hornet coordinator, uh, which I was very pleased to do. So within the associations, you have insurance for up to 15 people. I think that much changed and they've um, extended it. So you can have insurance for other members to be trained and able to go out and do the observation if someone suspects they've seen an Asian hornet. So the most important thing, if you think you've seen one, if you can video it or take a photo and then send it into one of your members of the AHAT, Asian Hornet Action Team, then we can um, identify it. If we believe it's that, it then needs to be reported to the NBU or the NNSS, the Non-Native Species Secretarian. So it's really important that we do that. So yeah, send a video, send a photo, and we can ID it. It's really, really good to put out bait stations. You cannot catch or kill an Asian hornet. You have to observe it. That's really interesting. Yeah, if you do catch it, you have to freeze it. Do not release it and do not kill it. The thing is, if you were to kill them, I had someone um, last week on a safari and said, oh, well, if we saw and we'd kill it, you can't, you would get fined. So we need to have them so we can put them onto the bait stations them, and we'll know where they've gone. Oh, I disappeared, I'm back in the room. <laughs> <laughs> So to recap, so, I mean, um, a lot of people are hearing about how dangerous Asian hornets are. And so a natural instinct is to just kill them. But as you said, we just absolutely yeah. must not kill them. No, no, we need to find the nest. So if you put them onto a bait station, you then observe them. They'll go off and come back, go off and come back. That's how you know you've got a problem in your area and you time them. So when you've done the time response, you can almost allocate and do that. They call it triangulation and find out where the nest could be. And quite often there's multiple nests. It's not just one. Wow. And how many Asian hornets would be in a single nest? 
Oh, it depends. It really depends on the age. But I mean, um, a queen could lay up to 300 princesses for the next year. And if they lay up to 300, um, the numbers are that maybe half will survive a winter. So going forward again, so you've got about seven and a half again, we'll go on and make new nests. You've got 75 per year that could be making new nests. The numbers That's in the UK, I've written them down actually. Yeah, so far for 2023, we've had 24 nests in 22 locations. Oh my word. So there could yeah. be so, so many they, more nests. The numbers are coming up. Yeah. Wow. So it's really important to observe. And the easiest way, I think, Paula, you've got a little replica in resin there. The easiest way to look at them, or if you think there is one, you're looking for yellow socks, as I call it, yellow legs. And they're very black. They're not as big as the European hornet. Uh, and you'll have one orange stripe on its lower abdomen. So it's either like the, the fourth or fifth band. And you can see that one there. That looks quite yellowy orange, but it's it's really, really bright um and yeah and it's got very long thin as you can see tapered wings ah so the european hornet has different wings are they yeah. bigger wings uh, very similar but they're oh. not the same as a fly a, a wasp or a bee they're much longer much thinner wow so really it's the fact that it's smaller it's very dark whereas the yeah. european hornet is very orangey brown isn't it yeah it's sort of brown and yellow yeah but and this Euro is smaller the, yeah the asian hornet is it's bigger than a wasp but smaller than the european hornet right now why are asian hornets a problem for bees uh, they can eradicate a hive within three to five days. They will just go in, they rip the bodies apart, eat them, take them back to their nest, feed their young. But they're not just a problem for the honeybees. They are a problem for all insects, butterflies, moths, everything, you know. But they will make our honeybees um, reduce in numbers and decline. So we just don't want them. Okay. And mm. why do you think they're coming here? I mean, where were they from? They're an Asian hornet, so they are yeah. from Asia. How did they I get mean, here? Over the years, they've just come up through the country, well, through the world. Um, France is just, the numbers are so high in France. So many people are on holiday in Europe and they say, oh, yeah, we see more time, you know. There are several things you can do. Um a lot of people now are doing something called putting skirts on their hives and it just stops the bees or sorry, the um, hornets from hawking underneath. So they hawk underneath and then they come out and take the bee off while it's on the wing on its flight. So there are things you can do, but they're on their way. So the best thing is if we just need to eradicate them. The numbers in Jersey and Guernsey are just astronomical. Um, I was hoping to go over and do some training, but I can't do that this year. So I'm hoping to go with a fellow beekeeper, Cresha. So she's from the New Forest. So hopefully we're going to go and do some training next year. 
Wow. And so you train in the autumn there so that you're seeing the yeah. wasps or the hornets at their most active time. Yeah, at their highest point before they go into winter and hibernate. So because they're an Asian hornet, I'm assuming that they don't do very well over winter if we have a cold winter. Yeah, but they're pretty resilient. They are resilient. And that's why I say if she's laid 300 princesses, then, then it will be half that were over winter. And then it's half of that that then potentially could go forward. But it's still high, you know. Yeah. 300 per nest is a lot. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. And how far do they fly? Oh, well, we're not really sure. I'm not really sure. Uh, but we do know that potentially with the wind behind them, they could come across the channel from France. A lot of people said that they were coming over on, on the ferries, on vehicles, or if they've just got stuck in. But when I went to do some training down in Bridgewater, they said that they could fly across from the continent. Wow. Because we did have a bit of a slowdown during COVID when people weren't traveling, because obviously sneaking into a caravan or a tent as it's packed up is probably the easiest way of, of yeah. getting across the, the ferries. Yeah, but the ferries were still going. There was a ferry actually down in um, Portsmouth that wasn't allowed to dock because there was a, um, a swarm on it and they were worried about the Asian hornet. It was honeybees, but yeah. they wouldn't let it dock. So they, they are aware. Yeah, yeah. Mm goodness me so are the asian hornets well, i've got two questions first of all is there a predator for them and then secondly are they a risk to humans there is not a predator for them no and that's the biggest problem yeah right. um are they a risk to humans they're a risk to humans if you accidentally disturb a nest if you were to disturb a nest they are very very aggressive so they're a problem in that sense that if you have multiple stings, because as soon as one stings you, as you know, the pheromone goes out, multiple stings has resulted in death in France. Gosh, right. Yeah, especially if they're in the garden and you're out maybe walking around with nothing on your feet and you've disturbed a nest and it, it literally is multiple stings. Wow. And where do they nest? Oh, mostly up in trees, very, very high up in trees. But they, like I say, they can be ground nests as well. Okay. So I suppose it's keeping an eye on any empty cavities you've got that might be appealing. And then, yeah. I mean, yeah. is it, are they like wasps where you've got the, the princess eggs being laid now, the queens, the potential queens hatching? I mean, do we know where they mate? Do they mate on the wing? Are they like bees where they'll go to a certain place? Or do we just I not... don't know. All, I don't know. I would imagine as, as per bees, it's on the uh, drone congregation area. They mate. Um, but I, I don't know that question. I don't know. Right. I wouldn't I would never give a false answer. So, yeah. I no. no, that's fine. And it's no not until we start wondering about these things and then we start asking questions. And I I suppose from my perspective, I always like to look at the natural way of doing things. I mean, I know that if we think of all these Asian hornets coming over from France, coming onto our land, there could be a school of thought of let's just drench insect spray all across the Dorset coast and just wipe out all the Asian hornets. But of course, as you and I know, that's going to kill all the other insects as well. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. So to kill an insect, one specific insect is very, very difficult. Yeah. So then we need to think, how do we contain it so obviously looking for them finding them and then destroying the nests but if there's 
150 or even 75 nests from every single nest each year that's going to be such a job to keep on top of that it is which is why it's so important to do it now yeah so it really is so setting up the traps now where can we buy the traps well it's it's not really a trap it's literally you put a little tray out Mm -hmm. put a tray out with this liquid it's called trap it it used to be called satira it's called trap it so if you can get it it's, it's a wasp um attractant Right. And you put some pebbles in it or how I do it is I put it on a sponge so that it the sponge absorbs it. So they're not going to drown. Yeah. And you just literally put it out and observe it. If you just spend 10, 15, 20 minutes every day observing that, they'll come back. They'll keep coming back. And then you take photos and you'll know so that it is literally that simple. Yeah. Wow. And so what we need to do is share in the comments the um, the link of how you yeah. who you let who you inform yeah. and what sort of information they're going to want to know. So obviously they're going to want to know, have you got a photograph, what the location is? Are yeah. you sure it's an Asian hornet? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's very easy to confuse all bees yeah. and wasps and hornets yeah, if you're absolutely. not tuned in to seeing the differences. So I suppose the more people who get to see what an Asian hornet looks like, that helps. Yeah. Um, and so would owls or birds eat Asian hornets or is there a reason why they don't? Not that we know of at the minute, no. And I think it is because they are so aggressive. You know, right. and they'll sting. They'll sting. Okay. And can they repeatedly sting? Can one yeah. hornet? Yeah. Oh, this is the stuff of horror movies, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, yeah. I remember a number of years ago, I went to the National Honey Show and there was a lecture from Heather Matilla, who's from Cornell University, and she was studying Asian hornets and went out to um, Vietnam and Japan to study Asian hornets in their natural habitat. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really interesting. I'm sure I've shared it with you, but if you don't mind, Kerry, I'm going to share what she said um, during the talk. So they were observing the hornets. And again, they um, they were hawking, but also they were wiping their abdomens along the entrance of the hives. So a lot of the hives had a landing board and one single hornet would come along and then wipe its abdomen along the landing board And then within a few minutes, loads of hornets would come. So they'd be attracted by this pheromone. And they found that the hornets could chew through two centimetres of wood in 20 minutes. And then once the wood was, you know, the cavity was big enough, they would go in and they could destroy a whole hive in two hours. I mean, that was how quick it was. It was really frightening. But noticed they've had Asian hornets for a long time and the bees have adapted and they were trying to see why the Asian hornets picked certain hives and it was actually in Vietnam actually I'm not sure if it's Vietnam or Cambodia now but it was either Vietnam or Cambodia they noticed in the apiaries that some of the hives on the landing boards had little dollops of what looked like mud and they weren't quite sure what it was but they noticed that the Asian hornets did not swipe their abdomen on those areas they were going to the hives that didn't have the dobs of mud well they had about three weeks there and they they couldn't get to the bottom of why the hornets were targeting certain beehives 
And then one of their helpers, who was a local lad, he was saying, oh, my granny's saying the bees are making honey from chicken poop. And they were like, no, 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 bees don't make honey from chicken poop. And he's going, yes, 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 come and see, come see. So they had a couple of days left over and they thought, well, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just go and see this chicken poop honey. So they went to this farm, which was a chicken farm, and they noticed that on the pile of all the poop, the bees were sucking up the poop. And they were like, what is going on? So they then tagged all the little bees. So that's a hell of a job for a PhD student is putting these little um, chips on bees. And um, and then they could record where the bees were going. And what they found was the bees were going to the hives, spitting back out the chicken poop. And that was the dollops outside the hives. So had the bees realised that the Asian hornets would wipe their abdomens to have the pheromone, but they couldn't get a smooth application of pheromone if there were these dollops of chicken poop. And I thought this was fascinating. They thought this was fascinating. I've since heard rumours that it's a different type of Asian hornet. And, you know, so there's all these other complications. But it got me to thinking about how with straw skeps, we would clume them with cow dung, clay and wood ash. And people have been doing that for thousands of years. So did we used to have a problem with hornets, European hornets? Um, and that's why people cloomed the hives, not just for the insulation, but perhaps there's something about the smell of dung that hornets don't like. So I'm really interested to think we should be experimenting with that. You know, when we feel well, I kept thinking, well, when the Asian hornets come, but maybe we need to think a bit more in advance of this. Yeah. And perhaps if we teach the bees, so we just scoop up bits of poop, dollop them on the landing boards and just see what happens. And if the bees clean it off, if they think, oh, wow, this is a good idea, let's get some more. Um, and let's just have a have a play and see what happens. But, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful that I went to that talk. And I think this is the importance of people talking. Because mm -hmm. so many beekeepers and so many gardeners are going to be watching these Asian hornets and see different bits of behaviour. And that's what we need to all pull together and share is what are all the different bits of behaviour that we can learn from. So are you asking me to now go next week and put some poop on all the hive entrances? <laughs> well, I can always add it to the to-do list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be good. But I yeah. think, you know, this is what we have to be looking at. Yeah. So I've got some questions here that were sent in from Immy, um, the most enthusiastic member of our, our kind of keeping um, bee tribe. So she's got a few questions here. But the first question is, how big can an Asian hornet, hornet get? Oh, how big can an Asian hornet nest get? <gasps> well, again, it depends on how long it's been established. Um, I'm trying to think the biggest size that I believe was recorded from the NBU, the National Bee Unit, would fit in an old-fashioned dustbin. So Ooh. pretty big. Yeah. So there's big old tin dustbins with the yeah. lid. Yeah. Wow. Not, not so quite a wheelie bin. but Not quite a wheelie bin. I mean, yeah, it probably equates to it, but very similar. Not quite as tall, maybe. But yeah, so they are pretty big. 
And there has been a post going around um, social media of somebody's kitchen with this massive crate nest hanging from the ceiling. And it worried me. I thought, how could you carry on being in your kitchen and not see this thing growing? No, it was a deserted house. (laughs) Yeah, so that makes a bit more sense. But, um, yeah, so it is keeping an eye out for any kind of large structure. And it's very similar to a wasp nest. So if you've ever had a wasp nest in your loft or you may have seen one in a hedgerow, it's very similar, grey and really usually very high up in a tree. Right. So we need to look up in the trees. So yeah. then when the leaves start falling off the trees, we easier could see. Yeah, yeah, easier to spot. Yeah. And so if they're making nests similar to wasps, are they using paper? Are they stripping wood to make wood. paper to make their nests? Yeah. Yeah, so another place to look for wasps would be garden to, sheds. Yeah, garden Benches. sheds. You might see them. Yeah. 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 Okay. Brilliant. So the next question for Emmy is how many hornets can wipe out a healthy bee colony? Anything as little as 50. Gosh. Yeah. So they're hungry. Uh, yes. Yeah, they are. They're just ravenous. That you know they're predators. That's what they do. Hmm. Yeah, and not vegetarian, unfortunately. No. <laughs> okay. And then the next bit on that question, which Amy may or may not have have intentionally put, but the word healthy bee colony. So, do we know from France and Jersey or Guernsey, are healthy colonies able to defend themselves, or is it all bees are being attacked by? Honey? I think that it's the same with the wasps. You know, the wasp will go and find a not very strong, not very healthy colony um, of honeybees. The Asian hornets are similar, but to be honest, they're not discriminative about any of it. They'll just find a hive and do what they want to do. I suppose if they're hungry, they'll just go for it. Now, do we know if propolis, if the bees can seal up an entrance with propolis, does that stop the hornets? I mean, if they can chew through wood, I suppose. I was just going to say, yeah, you've almost answered your own question there. They can, they, they'll get in however they want to get in. So this could be another reason why plastic hives, despite not appearing to be natural, but a plastic hive could be a solution for protecting bees. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. don't know if anyone's had a problem with a plastic hive or had any evidence maybe it's still too early we don't know because there's just not enough over here yeah yeah more research and i suppose yeah no and it would be good to see if in france or jersey and guernsey if they have the plastic hives and Mm. what they found Mm. um and then imi would like to know a sort of a list of what's the usual diet of Asian hornets? I mean, if they can't have bees, what do they eat then? Um, they love all sorts. They love um, butterflies, other insects. Yeah, it's about 35% is of their diet would be a honeybee. The rest is other um, insects. So would they eat wasps? Yep. Well, that could be a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think they still go after the honeybees more than the wasps. Because <laughs> yeah. the honeybees, if they've got a bit of honey in their tummy, they taste a little bit sweeter. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I did my observation, I went down um, part of the AHAT team with the NBU um, with Peter, and when we did our observation, that that it's a bit like with bees when they're out 
foraging, they're absolutely no problem. They'll be around and they're not aggressive. It's only when they're at the hive right. or the nest. Okay. Yeah. Gosh. So gardeners don't need to be too scared of them if they saw one out and about. It's again, it's when there's multiples or if you're near a nest. Don't mm. go anywhere near a nest. No, no. Very aggressive, very territorial. Yeah. So if you're at blackberry picking, it's a good idea be to careful. be a bit more mindful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Gosh, I mean, there's so many things that we need to understand about these hornets, and yeah, um, yeah so many experiments with um, cow and chicken poop, and you know, I'm thinking of sound waves. You know, is there a certain yeah. note that the hornets don't like? Um, maybe, maybe. Yeah, and how do they? I probably don't want to know this, but how do they destroy a nest when they find one? A nest? Oh, you mean the MBU? Yeah. Um, there's done several different ways. Um, it, a, it depends where the location. Um, so you have to have a special suit so you can, if they were able to sting you, then you'd be um, able to be protected. So it's a, like a triple, quadruple layer. I'm not really sure. I've got the breathable triple layer one myself, but they're th it's thicker than that. Um, and they will go up with the masks on they go up in a cherry picker and they have a dry chemical spray so they spray the nest and they leave that for a few hours and then they take it down take it back and do their research to open it up to see how many generations potentially she could have laid in there wow wow so it is it's getting there quick you know so if you yeah. think you've seen an asian hornet it's really yeah. as get on it totally as, yeah. as possible and it, I mean, yesterday I had an email from someone in my association um, and he said, I believe you're the one to send it to. I'm not really sure. Here's a picture. And straight away, European Hornet. But I replied, thank you so much. This is brilliant. Um, I'm pleased to tell you it's not an Asian Hornet. It's a European Hornet. But always send pictures. If you're not sure, just send pictures. Yeah. And like I say, the two places that you would report it is the NNSS. Paula will put it in the links later, uh, the Non-Native Species um, Secretariat, or the NBU, the National Bee Unit. They quite often will send one of us out just to clarify and observe. And if it is um, a confirmed case, then they'll send out a team. Right. So that we can find the nest. Okay. Gosh. Nest. Yes. And this is all, you know, we're all doing this voluntarily. I mean, the MBU obviously um, get paid, but we're, the beekeepers, we're doing it for the good of the bees. Mm. Yeah, it's so important. I remember when we first heard about them um, several years ago, we saw um, quite a frightening looking yellow legged bug in our greenhouse and we sent off a photograph, but it did take a couple of days and we didn't know quite what it was. So we shut up the greenhouse and left this thing in there. And it turned out to be a wood wasp, um, which is quite big. It's quite Very a bit long. bigger than them. Yeah. yeah, they're long, but they've got the yellow legs and they really are yellow and black, whereas the Asian hornet is a bit more orangey. Yeah. yeah. And, and the wood wasps are very skinny. Yeah. They are long, but they're skinny. This one's not skinny. No. So, 
Wow. Thank you very much. We don't seem to have any other questions. I'd love it. Those of you who've listened, if you can share or you're watching, if you can share what's been the biggest surprising um, tip or information you've learned so far about um, Asian hornets, or if there is something we haven't answered, that would be really good. So just post them in the comments, wherever you are, we'll get to see them. Um, is there anything else you think would be good for us all to know about Asian hornets, Kerry? I mean, again, it's just observation. I can share my story when I went down. And the fascinating thing I found out about it is when they did the um, bait station and did the triangulation, it was the timing. So my um, Asian hornet was called Lady R, obviously Lady Redmond, um, <laughs> and Pete's was Madonna. So mine had two dots. And they had marked them with different colours, a bit like you could do queen marking, not that we do. Yeah. Um, and so the two dot, mint dots and one mint dot, and then we did the timing. And once you've taken them to a new bait station and they've done their orientation flight, they then watch to see where they fly. And then you time them. You time them to how long it takes for them to come back. Because Satira, Trapit, is like liquid gold to them they just love it it's a real um if you like a drug uh they'll come back and then you time them and it's the timing that then gives you the potential of where the nest could be allocated and it it was quite funny because lady r came back a lot quicker than madonna did and that's how we then found out there were two nests oh my gosh yeah oh that's frightening so, so how's really, really important to do that observation yeah so that's very much like bee lining yes. but then you know we don't have the same stress so yeah. how how many miles per hour does a hornet fly um i don't know how many miles per hour i just know that they can fly quite a distance right you know like the honeybee um flies maybe two and a half three miles from the hive it can be five yeah the hornets. I don't think it's miles and miles, um, but yeah, I don't know how far exactly. Yeah, or how fast. I mean, honeybees are fifteen miles an hour. Yeah, flying. Yeah. So that's how you would sort of figure yeah. out how far yeah. away the nest is. So yeah, so basically, if you see one and you don't see it for an hour, you know it's over fifteen miles away. <laughs> I don't think it would be one of them. I don't think it would be that far away. It's usually within the vicinity, you know, it's not going to be that far. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of us, if food is on the doorstep, we're more likely to go for that, aren't we? Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Pop to a local shop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been so helpful, Kerry. Really, really interesting. And I'm sure everyone's going to love this episode. And um, I mean, is there anything we could like about Asian hornets? <laughs> um Nothing springs to mind. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are here just to clean up sick and diseased bees, you know. Not if they're going to eradicate them, no. No, I know. This is the thing. And we've got to be so careful that people don't go crazy with trying to eradicate them and no. eradicate bees and other insects at the same time. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It really is managing them. Gosh. Mm. And do we know if the venom formation hornets has any um, medicinal properties? I don't think that people have been stung from them feel that way, no. 
okay. I don't think we want that sort of research because we don't want them. So no, anyway. no, okay. We want to send them back home. Oh, we just don't want them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, you know, and I know so many beekeepers across Europe have lost their bees and it's just yeah. been tragic. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very, very much, Not Kerry. at all. Um, I've just thought of one other thing, actually, Paula. Oh, I yeah. said about the satira and the trumpet. The other thing, if you can't get hold of that, um, literally is putting out prawns. They love oh. the prawns. Yeah, they love that. Prawns and raw chicken. Ah. So they, you know, if you can't get hold of it and you want to put something out, they love the protein, so they'll go to prawns. And when I did my um, observation down in Christchurch, they were literally balling up the prawn and carrying it away with them. Gosh, yeah. Wow. So just little, something just suddenly come to me then. Goodness me. Well, thank you very much. Okay, so if your freezer breaks down and you end up having lots of um, raw chicken and, and raw prawns, <laughs> then... out the observation. Yeah, yeah. Or find a beekeeper or somebody in the Asian Hornet um, action yeah. team to, to donate your raw chicken to. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you go now. Kerry, thank, thank you, you so much. It's just been brilliant and I will yeah. see you again soon. And thank, thank you. you everyone for joining us and do put a comment below when you watch this and ask questions and I'm sure we'll be able to answer them after the event. We can go back and see the comments. Thank you very much. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B. Brook, and the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.